Alright, hello everybody, this is Mark Kumar, your lifestyle entrepreneur. Today, I have another great expert, professional, guru who's gonna tell you all you might need to know about copywriting. And that's one of the skills you absolutely need to have if you're running your online entrepreneurial empire. So please take your time to introduce yourself to my audience who may not know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, just wanna take a quick moment to tell you, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to it and also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a 10x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to markkumar.com forward slash gift. Once again, the URL is markkumar.com forward slash gift. And in there, I have something that I really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster. Now, back to your episode. Uh, so thanks, Mark, for having me on. Uh, my name is Anne Stahl. Um, I live in Singapore. I've been living in Singapore for the last 30 years, but I'm originally from the UK. Um, and in Singapore, the last 20 years, I've been running my own copywriting agency. Um, and that started kind of by accident, just because I wanted to look after my kids when they were young and I, it was a way for me to work from home. And then I realized I could actually make a business of this. So I've been doing that in Singapore for the last 20 years. All right. So what got you into this copywriting career? What was it like so that you were like, I, I want to do this, like any compared to any other business, you had the option of doing. Right. Uh, well, at that point, I was teaching English. So I had been doing that for 12 years before. That's that's the reason I came to Singapore. Um, I was teaching English in Singapore. And part of the teaching involved writing some of the teaching materials, because um, some of the places I was teaching at didn't really have very good teaching materials. So I was writing my own. And as I started to write my own, I began to realize, yeah, I really enjoy this. This is really, really good. And and, and then it, it sort of brought me back to my school days where that's what I kind of wanted to do when I was at school. And one of my teachers actually said to me, Angela, you will be a writer. And I, you know, I just dismissed it. You can't make money writing. Right? <laughs> so I went into the teaching field and then I got into publishing. So... Uh, writing books to help uh, teachers to teach English, um, doing the writing the exercises, writing the um, comprehensions and things like that. So I, I, it was a break from the teaching because um, if you're teaching a lot, I think all the time you tend to get burnt out, you need to have some long breaks from that. So um, that writing break sort of, I just sort of realized, oh, this is what I want to do. And then when my my first uh, son was born, um, I then realized that I could actually work from home. This was just at the dawn of the internet, right? <laughs> the internet was just starting. And, you know, then you realized, okay, I can actually run this from home and I just have to email the work to my clients. So I started with design agencies. I just contacted a few design agencies 
and they said, look, I'm here. Uh, I can offer writing services if you need them because a lot of design agencies didn't have in-house writers. So I was able to build a business slowly that way and then get my own customers from there. And then that's how it took off really. Then I had to get staff. I had too, uh, too many projects to handle by myself. So then I, I employed staff and then I uh, got an office and then realized, okay, I'm running a business here. So that's how it started. <laughs> it was not a plan. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's funny how you get to get to the point where you're running a business because you're doing day-to-day -day activity before you knew, like, wow, I actually have a business. Like, wow. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there is no turning back because you got, you know, you're in the deep in the water. Now you got to figure out a way to, you know, get out and get on the other side. Yeah. So I totally yeah. understand that. So, so yeah. what is the main goal for a, a sales copy, web copy, whatever. There's so many different names for it. Just for sake of argument, yeah. I just call it a sales copy. So what is the main yeah. goal? Is it to get attention or is it to what? From a from an expert's um, point of view. Yeah, that's that's one of the, the goals. Um, so basically just to, to explain the word copy first, because some people, when I very first started my business, people were saying to me, I didn't even realize that was a job. <laughs> I didn't realize people did that. Right. <laughs> So, and then they didn't understand what copywriting was because obviously the literal meaning of copy is to emulate, right? So then it's like, if you're, are you copying other people's writing? So it's like, no, that's against the law. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> but uh, so copy basically is anything that is written down that will help to sell your product or service, whether it's writing that's on your website, it's on the packaging of an outside of a box, it's on your brochures. Um, wherever you're actually explaining and writing what it is you're, you're selling or you're doing, that's copy. So that's what I write. I write that copy. So yeah, the, the first um, part of copywriting is to get attention. That's okay. the critical first part. Right. And, and I, that's, that's what I thought. But also like once you get somebody's attention, then you got to convince that particular person to like, hey, yeah take action to whatever that you're trying to sell or have them take actions, things of nature. And yeah. I cannot wait for us to deep dive into it because you, it's this is like really, really great topic. Because believe yeah. it or not, people see copy, sales copy, copywriting, whatever you call it, every single way. Like you say, in your brochures, in your, uh, obviously in your advertisement and online and things of that nature, it's everywhere, it's all around us. Like for example, if you are, if you're just driving down the street, all of a sudden you see a sign from McDonald's, that's a copy on its own, yeah. just so people that's get a right. point of view. Like it's this all around you. Like for yeah. example, if you have your, when you're going to buy a computer and the things that are right done, that itself, it's a copy mm. on its own. So yep. what are the things that, in, for example, from your point of view, what are the things that should and must be included in your copy for a product? For Let's just do a case study. So let's say if you are selling a, a computer, a right. laptop, whatever, just so you have a background, right. like this is what I have, this is what I need to write a copy about. So what should okay. be included on it? That's an interesting. That's an interesting example because usually it's the IT products that don't do very well with copy. <laughs> well, we can pick another topic. That's fine. No, no, no. Then this is it's a good it's a good example to compare because um, a lot of um, IT in the IT industry, especially, they tend to try to over explain, 
and they're trying to tell you what it does, not what it can do for you. So it explains a lot about the features, but it, it's not very good at um, explaining the benefits, especially when these things are very technical. Um, so you just have to look, for example, at Apple. I mean, Apple are absolutely fantastic at, at selling computers, right? When you look at their copy on their, their um, or you look at Steve Jobs when he did his keynote speeches and things like that, the way they explained what the product did and what it does for you was just completely different in the industry from what they were doing before. So it, instead of writing a manual as to all the features and how it does this, you've got something very clean and, and very customer focused. That's the key thing is you, the, the one thing that you have to answer in your copy is this question that the customer has, what's in it for me? That's the overall question that has to be answered. What's in it for me? Okay. So what's in it for a customer in terms mm. of a laptop? What's the benefit? What would you yeah. write in it? Yeah. So those kind of things. So it's not so much, I mean, the technical specs are one thing. Right. That if you're savvy at, at uh, knowing about computers, you're going to need to know the technical specs at some point. So that's usually hidden away. That's the next part. Once they've really almost decided they want that, then that's the next thing they'll go and look at what are the tech specs. Okay. But people buy on emotion. So generally, most computers are about the same. They have the same specs, more or less, right? So <laughs> what you're selling is the emotion. You're going to have to make them want to buy that particular product. So um, when you look at... Um, for example, an Apple computer, and then you see like the um, Air, MacBook Air and how thin it is. And you see the sexy images and, you know, things like that. It makes you want to be part of that. You want to own that, right? It, it's part of it is part of a community as well. So if you can build up that kind of community feeling or, or you're a certain kind of person because you have that. So generally, Mac owners tend to be seen as more creative, right? So if you're creating that kind of feel that, okay, if I have... And then generally as well, when you look at Macs, they're more expensive yeah. than computers of the same type, you know, for other makes. And so the good thing about good copy is you can actually make people spend that money, that extra money, because they feel it's the brand, it's they feel, I, I need this. I need to be part of this. I need to be seen this way, right? Yes, the other computer will do, do the same thing, but it doesn't quite feel as nice. It's not quite as, you know. So um, if you can brand something well, then um, people will pay more for it. And you're, you're, they buy on emotion. So people are more willing to spend money for something more expensive if they feel emotionally attached to it so the job of a copywriter is to sell that emotion so how does one create a emotion for a person who's reading it just out of curiosity yeah so this is this is one of the things is um this is one of the challenges with copywriting is you are not if you're writing for your website or you're writing for a brochure or whatever you are not standing there talking to the customer as they're reading it. So that copy has got to stand alone. That copy has to sell for you. So good copywriting obviously sells your product for you. 
So one of the uh, ways, obviously, you need to get the attention. Um, so usually with the attention, uh, quite often the headline that you're putting out will will hint that there's a there's a solution to a problem that they have. So that's the key is that they have some kind of problem and your product is going to sell that solution. It's going to give that solution. So if you can sort of get their attention with that in the headline, that's a good start. And then they say, I, I don't know what the, um, the stats are for it, but it's something like 90% uh, of people don't go past the headline. So if your headline is not compelling, <laughs> they're not going to read on, right? <laughs> so that's one thing. So once you've got the headline down, then the next thing is you've got to help them understand that you understand them. So this is the empathizing part of it is making um, sure that they can see that you understand what their problem is, right? And then you're speaking in their language. That's another key thing as well, is that there isn't um, so much a, a formula for copywriting in terms of, um, okay, if I write it this way, it's gonna sell everything. That's not true. You've got to write for the, write, for the reader. And every reader, every group of readers is different. So it's depending on who is you're targeting to. And this is one of the first questions I'll ask my customers, really, is who is the audience? Who is going to be reading this? Because if I don't know who's reading it, then I, there's no way I'm going to be able to get into their shoes and be able to, to have a conversation with them on, on their terms, right? So it's also using the language your customers use. So it's not using language you would use, it's using the language your customers would use. So if they refer to a product in a certain way or they refer to a problem in a certain way, you want to be referring to that problem in the same way. And again, that's why a lot of IT um, customers do um, have a challenge because they get too technical and most people aren't technically minded. So you've got to dumb it down and, and be... Um, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So th those are really good tips. So let's pick another industry, for example, uh, let's pick a fitness industry. Mm. So let's mm. can we do a case study on that? Or let's write a copy. It's, it's the same. It's the same, it's the same principle. principle. It's the same principle. Whatever <laughs> industry it is, this is sometimes like when my customers come to me and say, "Well, have you written for our industry?" I have two answers for that: is it doesn't matter if I've written for your industry because my job is the same, whichever industry. But also, if I haven't written for your industry. I'm going to be coming with some new ideas that another copywriter might not, not necessarily come with. But, but generally speaking, it's the same thing. You need to grab attention. You need to communicate to them that you understand what their problems are and that you're about to solve them. So I've written a um, copy just recently for a local um, gym here in Singapore um, where the owners, they were very, they're very progressive in the way that they are uh, running their business. And they didn't want just a normal web website. They wanted something um, a lot more funky, a lot more snazzy. Um, but also to be able to, the comment I got from the customer at the end was, um, you managed to say everything in very few words, but you said it all. And that's another key thing, is that people don't read nowadays, right? They, they, well, they will if they're interested, but generally speaking, people have very short attention spans. So another key thing for copywriting is to keep each section short and divide it up into 
um, smaller sections with headlines and each headline will kind of tell the story. So as they go on, so they should be able to basically understand what the flow of the information is through the headline. And then what's under the headline just gives a little bit more meat to the story. But they should be able to skim through and actually see what it is they're about to read. Um, so yeah, so short, this is one thing is, is say, and this is, this is one of the reasons now as I'm trained as a copywriter, I find it very hard to write long, um, drawn out stories kind of thing. Cause I'm, you know, and I, I thought, okay, okay, how am I going to fill this page now if I'm writing a chapter of a book? Cause I've said it all, but I've said it very succinctly. And that's the thing with copy is usually is you're, you've got to be very succinct with your communication and say it um, in the shortest way possible because you know you haven't got that much um, time with them um, and they, they don't want to be reading a lot, but they want to read enough that they're convinced. So you've got to convince them in a very short space of time and very short copy generally. Okay. So and nobody wants to read a great big chunk of you know, they don't want to read an essay, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Especially nowadays, because, you know, everybody yeah. has a very, like you say, very short tension span. They want to get right to the point and bang, bang, bang. Yeah. But it, is it, I mean, the question I guess I have is like, is it too short, too short? Or is there like a length that has to be like met? Like, for example, I know I understand people want to read short, short, short. So what, yeah. would, what would be considered a short paragraph or a short copy or it doesn't matter i would say just about four or five lines would be enough for each section um but generally speaking like when people ask how long should it be it's as long as it takes convince them basically that's so sometimes if it's really good copy and it's engaging and it depends what it is i mean if it's a website generally speaking they're not going to read too much copy Right. If it's an article, that's a different thing because people will be sitting down. They're going to expect to give some time to read an article. So that's different. Then your article could be quite long. And if it can still engage them all the way through, if they're if they're interested in the topic, as long as you keep them interested, they'll read all the way through to the end. Not so. That right there is a key thing. Keep them interested yeah. and how do you keep them interested to read from one section to another section to the another section okay um as i said it before this what's in it for me is the key thing you've always got to be in the shoes of the reader and it's all about so you is the most important word in the english language basically this word you i totally right? so so can you give like a specific example for example you're writing a copy for me and i wanna lose weight for example mm. fitness related mm. side so mm. can you do an example of like copy of that uh, i think a lot of people are gonna uh, find it helpful so they have a specific not, example <laughs> they, they know the structure what they need to do let's paint yeah. the picture like they can literally visualize like oh this is what she said oh that's really good kind of so basically if you're if you're looking at um selling a program to help people lose weight at first you want to hook them with a headline that says um that they can lose x amount of kg in x amount of time right so then in, and with your program so you've got a solution for them so as soon as they see that headline is this possible so then they'll be interested they, they're not convinced because it might be sound too good to be true but they're happy to read on because it's this is what i want so as soon as they see this is what i want they're going to read on 
then your next section should start to talk to them about their pain. So then you're talking to them about you've tried every diet on the planet and nothing seems to work, you know. And so you go through that and you, you, you touch on their emotions. So you're bringing their emotions up and their frustration as to why they can't lose weight. And then you introduce the reason why they can't lose weight. It's then you're educating them a little bit as to why, what's, what's missing. And then your program is the thing that's missing. So that's the next step. And then you will give your features and your benefits of your program. So it's things like um, you could say um, it's a flexible diet where you'll never you'll never have to feel hungry again on this diet. Something like that, you know. So you're, that's a benefit. They know that they're going to follow something that works, but they're not going to be hungry. They're not going to starve themselves. So that would be one benefit that they have. Another would be that... Um, you can cook um, from anything in your, it doesn't matter what food you have, it's going to work kind of thing. That's probably not such a great example because it does matter what food you have. But, <laughs> but within reason, it's like they don't have to go to specialist supermarkets to find the food. The food is in their supermarket kind of thing. So they're not, it's not a radical change of diet, that kind of thing as well. So that would be a benefit because most people don't want to change too much, but they might have to change enough. But if they don't have to go hunting for the food they're supposed to eat and it's at their local supermarket, it's not at a specialist supermarket, they'd be more inclined to to go with it. Things like that. Okay, makes sense. Perfect. So small, convenient, once again, wrapping around the whole concept around your customer, which is you. And then what is convenient for you? You, you, you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's that's really, really good structure because... You can literally use that particular blueprint, not just for your yeah. regular copy, for anything in general, for example. Everything. It all follows the same. Exactly. Yeah. The same exact structure you can follow for your creating yeah. a podcast, you can create it for your yeah. YouTube video, your yeah. or your Facebook marketing, or anything you yeah. post on thing. Hey, by the way, for example, uh, let's just uh, give you an example of people listening to it. And you can help me uns- uh, validate if I'm what I'm saying it makes sense or not. So, for example, yeah. if you're creating a, a YouTube video and then mm-hmm. you want to first, which is your headline, give them a hook, like get attention. For example, I'm creating a YouTube video about podcasting. Hey, are you having this X problem in your business? Blah. That's what I get. That's totally Questions are good. Questions are good as a header as well. Right. And and those are really good. And then it's like, oh, wow, that's me. I'm having that problem, you know? And then you go into the next step. It's like, hey, uh, then you go into, like I say, in your pain. When you're running your business, you're feeling this pain, this pain, this pain is literally like opening up the wound and you stabbing with the knife a little bit, a little dramatic there, but, and then you're like, okay, now I make you feel the pain. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. And then you are like reopening those wounds, making them feel the pain that they get to the point. What I call is like, you have a buyer, uh, buyer who's like a 0%. They have no desire to buy it. And then you have buyer who's a 10 He's like, I'm ready to get this problem out of my way and move on to the next thing. And that's what yeah. you're doing with stabbing the knife. You're opening up the wound. They may know about the problem. They may not realize it. And then when you open it, oh, crap, that's totally me. If I continue in this pattern, I'm going to go this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you move them towards from, let's say, if the person is like a four, you move them to five, to six, to seven. About the end of what exactly. they're reading it, then you add yeah. ten. 
And then yeah. they're like, I mean, when you, you think about how many times you may have been um, either read a sales letter or been on um, some kind of webinar where you've gone in thinking, right, they're going to be selling to me. I am not going to buy. And then at the end of it, you buy. <laughs> and the reason is because they've pushed all your buttons. They've, they've answered the what's in it for me. And they've got you thinking, I need this, I need this. And that's another, the key thing is um, with your call to action, when you're actually asking them, you know, inviting them in now to buy, um, one of the key things is scarcity. So they've got to buy there and then. Um, and there's got to be an incentive for them to buy now and not later because the offer's off the table later. Um, so you don't want to give them time to cool off in a, in a way. You want to you want to get them buying straight away. Okay. And I do want to touch on that, the scarcity part, and I, I mm. know it works, but some people misuse it. For example, Monday morning comes, I get this webinar sales letter that says, hey, go buy it now. And then it's only for today. And then Tuesday, same thing. It's only for today. And then you get to the point where you're like, what's today? Next month, yeah. next year. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's where you're going to lose them, definitely. If that happens, you're going to lose your audience and they're not going to trust you. So that's another key thing is trust. They have to trust you. And if you promise something and then you don't deliver on that promise, they're going to lose trust. And if they keep seeing that offer coming up and it's still the offer the next time and the next time, they're going to lose trust and say, well, I'm, I don't have to hurry and buy that because it's going to be available next time, right? So I'd say with those things is um, if you decide to do a scarcity offer, make, just make sure there is that one time you're offering it. So it, it is purely off the table the next time. You have to do a different offer the next time. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, you've got to be seen to, to um, follow your word. Yes, oh, definitely. You know, that also builds your credibility. That's what yeah. I call is a make a credibility. Mm -hmm. And once you lose it, then they will never trust you again. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what are your, your opinions, thoughts on your expert opinion would be like in terms of, so should you include text testimonial or video testimonial in, in your copy or which one does work better? Um, I would say both of them um, for two reasons. Um, one, video is definitely more convincing because the person is actually there talking. You can hear them. You can hear the emotion in their voice. It definitely works. Um, and a written testimonial is still credible, but there could be a little bit of doubt as to whether it's real. You, you see some of these where, okay, that's obviously not a real person, right? Uh, so it, it can that can be a little doubt, but um, if if you've already established trust, then people are more likely to believe that the testimonials, if they're written, they are credible. Um, so that's not such a worry there. Um, but another reason to do both and not just one over the other is that different readers or different viewers act in different ways and they like things a different way. So, for example, if I was looking at a sales letter. Um, and I get down to a testimonial section and that testimonial is a video, I personally will not click to watch the video, right? Because that's just me. And that's like my generation maybe is also the thing is, and it's just my, I'm kind of like, um, everything's gonna be done now, now, now kind of person. I'm kind of like an A person, right? So if I'm watching a video, I'm watching it at their speed, the speed that they talk at. So they're taking up my time 
speaking very slowly kind of thing that would drive me that would actually turn me off right whereas um if i'm reading a testimonial i'm reading it at my speed now if i can speed read through that then i'm quite happy to read the testimonial i won't watch the video but other people will be different other people will watch the video and they won't read or they'll try not to read as much as possible right that's you <laughs> that's totally me i'll be like i'll watch the video or reading the, right. the text right so that's, so that's why it's so important that you actually engage both types of audience um because just if it just you can't just assume that because you do something that other people are going to do the same thing people have different behaviors so if you if you imagine that you just had uh, video testimonials on your page and you didn't have any written testimonials you might lose some of your potential buyers because they didn't get that message because they weren't going to watch the video right whereas if you did both you would you would capture both types of board, both types of readers are the way they consume information okay yeah <clears throat> so now that i'm wondering <coughs> excuse me let me drink some water yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so obviously the main goal of the copy is to convince people to buy whatever you're doing yeah. right are there specific things you could include in your copy other than solve the problem put a salt on it first of all and then you stir with a knife and then you give a solution are there any other tips that you can share that like hey, i want to move my person or my buyer from three to six by convincing right. them by doing whatever are there any other things right. besides that uh, one of the things is um what's called the difference between active voice and passive voice not sure if you're understanding what that means we'll explain to your your listeners just in case so um active voice is generally um very direct way of communication doesn't take much time um and it it speeds the reading up it speeds the writing up can right you, can you give it an example i'll give you an example yeah. so passive is um, less direct and there's more words in the sentence as a result and it takes more time to communicate and it just slows everything down. So an example that I give my students would be just a very simple, just take a very simple sentence like, um, what can I say, um, John helps Mary. So say for example, Mary has her shopping bags and John decides to carry her shopping bags for her. Right. So John helps Mary. That's just in the most basic sentence. So this is an active sentence because John is the subject. He's doing the action. He's doing the helping. And Mary is the object of that sentence. So basically an active sentence means the person doing the action is the first person that you're talking about. So John helps Mary. In that same scenario, if you're still talking about John helping Mary, but you want to put Mary as the important part of that sentence, then you say Mary is helped by John. All right. So it's still John doing the action, but uh, it's less direct, right? Because we're focusing on Mary. So instead of saying John helps Mary, three words, you're saying Mary is helped by John. So you've got five words. So that's one. So always with copywriting, you should, where possible, always use the active voice. Always use active voice. Don't use passive. 
So your the speed of the reading uh, remains very quick. Another way would be to start sentences with a verb. Okay, so join the club now. So join is a verb. So you start the sentence with it. So it becomes like an like a an order, if you like. So these these things help as well to make it quick to read. Um, another way would be to um, what I say. Really put emotional words in. Okay. So there's a list you can actually Google if you go and Google um, persuasive copywriting words. You can actually come up with a list of words that if you use these words and put them in. Um, tactfully not don't go overboard <laughs> but if you put them in tactfully um you're going to um, be a lot more persuasive so it's using words of persuasion basically okay yeah. so that i did not know about the passive and active mm. voice so that mm. was something completely new so thank <laughs> you for sharing that like it's makes okay. sense you know depending on if you want to yeah. write a long copy you can use the other but if you want to get right to the point you can use yeah. the active one you know so and then you want to your copy needs to be if you're selling something it needs to be boom 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 you want to really get to the point really quickly and so the difference between like um content writing i was saying copywriting maybe if content writing is more for education it's usually longer copy and it's for education um and yes you can use the passive voice more in that um but passive voice is better for reports if you're writing reports that's quite a good I'm way talking to like write a them. college book reports or yeah yeah <laughs> a bit more dry right? then you can use that but generally speaking any form of communication if it's active it's better okay it makes sense exactly. because you know people obviously professional are really busy and they want to yeah. read 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 and then yeah using the active to get well this is one. it i i, I was uh, doing a focus group at one time with these um high net worth um banking customers right and we were doing a new website for the the bank uh, so they got their um, customers in to go and review the visual for the website and the copy for the website and just asking them questions about what they expect and what they like and what they don't like and things and every single one of them said don't market to me i don't want anything long just tell me exactly what i get and that's all i want to know because they're busy people you know so again you've got to know who your audience is and know what they like um and what's going to turn them off so these people are like highly intelligent they know when they're being sold and nobody likes to be sold to. They just want the information, make up their mind, and they can go and buy. Right? I, I'm so, so I'm so glad you said that because it's very interesting. Uh, people who are salespeople, you would think they're the hardest to sell to, but on the contrary, <laughs> they're the easiest. If if you give them exactly, <laughs> I guess in that could be using an active one, like hey, you get X, Y, and Z. Here's a button, buy it, and they will like done they don't have to think they because i guess yeah. they've been trained to sell 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 and they know exactly they what they want if they can see the benefit if you communicate the benefit to them then they they will but also there are different types of people and that's another thing to to be aware of as well is that um some people like me i'm i make decisions very quickly 
So if I can see there's a benefit in something, then I'm like, yeah, okay, where do I sign? Right? <laughs> I've made up my mind straight away. Other people, though, if you force them into trying to, to do it too quickly, they'll walk away and they won't do it. And they like to have time to think and they'll come back. So if you give them an opportunity to come back, they will then buy once they've gone through it all. But they need to see, they need to read carefully and consider carefully. So there are, there are different people. And then some people are more nurturing people. They care about, and it can be the environment, whatever. So you put those kind of elements in, then, so you're talking in words that will help. Um, they, they have to resonate with the message. So if, you're, if you've got a naturally nurturing type of person, you need to be telling them that this is gonna help, not just them, it's gonna help their family, it's gonna help, you know, whatever, you've got to talk that way. Whereas if you've, you've got someone who's a fast decision maker, you've just got to give them the benefits. And it's like, why would you not do this? And they'll go, yeah, okay, why would I not do this? And they'll go and buy. <laughs> Other people need all of the ins and outs, the nitty gritty. So these are the people that will read the specs on the computer thing, right? Because they need to compare, right? So they need all the information before they'll make a decision. So it's like different people do different things. So I would imagine knowing those two, you got the one who wants to read a long, 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 and another one is like, give me what I want, and that's it. So as a copywriter, it would make yeah. your job a little difficult because especially online copywriter, which you don't know who's yeah. going to be reading it. So, yeah. So, so the, you've got to try and put a little bit of all of it into the different parts. So you're going to appeal to people in one section there, but yeah, 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 yeah. The next person just like where they're, they're like the action person like me, once they've decided, they'll just scroll to the end. Okay. <laughs> right, sign up. <laughs> Right, I mean so that, that I will be the same exact way, you know. Like you said mm -hmm. in your in your uh, just previously that like you put like a small chunk of things and you put like a section so every each one of them have like headings. So a person like me and yourself, when you read through, like I'm convinced now I'm gonna go scroll, 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 yeah. and then where's the buy button, right? That would yeah, be one yeah. one would one tactic would be exactly. another will be like you state something and then you put the button. Then you state something long yeah. and you put the button. Yeah. So yeah. how many times should you put the button to buy now or something? Uh, it depends how long the the, the page is. So some pages, they'll scroll a long, 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 long way. And there's lots and lots of information. There's nothing wrong with them. It's usually the higher the price, the longer the, the copy has to be. Because you've got to convince them, right? So you don't want them to be searching for the button. So you need to be putting it at places where the, once you've made some kind of compelling argument, have a buy button so they can go and buy. Um, but then short copy sometimes works as well, just as well, as long as you've made the convincing argument. And usually it's, it's usually if the price is not, is not such an investment for them, it doesn't have to be that long. You don't have to, you know, it's something like a lead magnet that you're giving away free. You're not going to do a sales copy for a lead magnet. It's free. <laughs> right, of course. And, and, you just got to give them enough to say, okay, give me your email, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, uh, speaking of pricing, I'm so glad you brought that up because in, if the copy is good, what I have read, the price becomes irrelevant. Is yes. that true? Yes. Well, it, I mean, if they can't afford to buy it, they can't afford to buy it. And that's, you can't change that. But um, what you've got to do is make your offer so compelling 
that it's just you'd be an idiot to pass it up kind of thing is that kind of so whatever you're offering usually we offer them bonuses you will offer some extra bonuses on top so if you buy this is where the if you buy it now comes in right the you know the sense of urgency you buy this now you're not only going to get this but you're going to get this and you're going to get this and this and this then the cost of all of this together is even more than what you're actually selling them so it kind of then is the perception then is well i've been idiot not to get this because i'm getting so much value so it's basically um communicating the value if they can see the value then they will spend i have a question maybe it's just me having a brain fart or something yeah. how does a person see a value i guess it's all because of all the things that will benefit me 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 that's yeah. value if it, if it if it um answers my problem it's going to solve my problem then i'm going to see a value in that um but it's not it's not just that it's um So say for example if you um say it's a medical center for example a medical center is offering a package for a certain um treatment and you're thinking okay well that's quite a good offer that package but there's no reason why I would necessarily go for that but if you're going to offer me that package and you're going to tell me that I've got personal assistance I can phone up anytime with any question and someone's going to be answering if you tell me that i there's going to be a support group that i can join and people are going to be there to guide me and things like that so the more kind of support you give the more that you you don't just leave them on their own you don't just say right go by and then goodbye right? <laughs> it's, it's kind of knowing that this you're still going to be around or somebody's they're going to get support somehow and so that adds extra value as well and um but generally it's is if their if their problem is answered um that's what's going to add the value and you heard it right here from the expert and if this particular podcast doesn't add value to you then you are not the right customer for her <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> obviously but speaking of the right customer who would be your ideal customer and let me help you understand what what my definition of ideal client uh, customer is that someone yeah. who is at a point in his or her life that they have a problem for x amount of years or days or mm-hmm. weeks or whatever and mm-hmm. they're at a point level between 8 and 10 that is the ideal client who is ready to solve that problem right today right, right. now and they're ready to hire you so who would be your yeah. that kind of ideal customer so it's either so most of my customers are either they are um marketing managers within an organization and they don't have time to do this themselves and they usually outsource anyway and they just want someone reliable that they can outsource to that means they don't have to have send the copy back and have it changed and it's back forward then they miss their deadlines they want to be sure they're going to meet their deadlines so that would be one um customer is so they just want the thing done and they want it done right first time and i think so that's one others would be um business owners that um either 
they know the value of copywriting. They know it's really important and they know it can be the difference between a sale and not a sale. So it could potentially be the difference between them succeeding in business or not succeeding in business. So being able to know that they can get it right rather than them guessing and trying it out for themselves and maybe getting the wrong message out. If they can really hone in on that customer and speak to that customer and convince that customer, then it's if they understand that there's a benefit to them actually outsourcing that rather than trying to do it themselves and missing and knowing that if they outsource and they get the hit, it, it's worth it. That's that's kind of that's another example of the value, right? That it's worth it to them to spend that extra bit of money because they know they're going to get the results as, as opposed to not. That's the thing. Okay, and, and I'm so glad you said that because like, like I said before, everyone say they have an ideal customer, but what scale do you have an ideal customer? Someone who's at zero or someone who's at 10? At zero yeah. is not going to give you money. I guarantee you I have done this. I'm sure you have done this. And then you have a very, very hard time trying to convince that person yeah. move from zero yeah. to nine or even at 10. Exactly. But somebody who is yeah. who's already at eight or seven or above is what I call it. If, yeah, yeah if, they need to be aware that it's important, they need it, but they can't do it themselves or they don't have time to do it and themselves. Aren't so those just... the most easiest and the like convenient people to work with because you don't have to do a lot of work it's just the transactions like when you go to a grocery store you want uh -huh. a gallon of milk or a thing of milk i guess different yeah. you guys call it something else in the u.s you would call it a gallon of milk and then uh, we have a pint, pint. <laughs> so I'm gonna say it's a different thing so a pint of milk and where you are and where in the u.s we call it a gallon of milk you have intention yeah. Or buying a milk you go into the grocery store you pick up a thing of milk and you go to the register and you pay simple transaction no convention whatsoever if you yeah. at that point if you're buying a milk you are at eight and above i need to buy a milk i want to get a bill so i can go home and make my tea or whatever i want to do with that particular milk right and yeah it's, it's just a simple easy fast transaction and to yeah. me that's an ideal client. So seven yeah. and above is your ideal client. And then if you don't know who your ideal client is, make sure you get with her. Yeah. And she will help you find out who should be your ideal client. So how can people get in touch with you? Okay, they can go to my website. That's angedove.com. A-N-G-E-D-O-V-E.com. Okay. Angedove. That's it. Nowhere else, man. You're easy. You're so simple. <laughs> you can find everything else from there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> See what I mean? Easy transaction. Salespeople and the copywriters, they're so easy. They're like, there it is. That's active. Go to there. We're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right so before before i leave you here with, the, with this great content you provide first of all thank you so much for being here and you know i i, I really appreciate it i genuinely really appreciate it and the people who are listening i know they're going to find it valuable because someone who doesn't know anything about copywriter after listening to this they will have a very very good understanding and a blueprint yeah. and an action they can take like after yeah. going listening to this so that's so That's right. they will thank you. I know I thank you for that. But before we apart, I want to ask you this. What is your goal 
for the next two years? Where do you want to see yourself or your business? Okay. So, as I said, for the last 20 odd years, I've been running a, a copywriting agency. What I'm planning to do now in the middle of doing is setting up an education arm for my company called Market Smart Learning Hub. And that's to teach business owners how to market themselves right through from the branding, setting up the messaging, um, again, because you need to know who you're talking to, um, then through to the marketing online, getting the copywriting sorted and all the tech stuff around marketing online as well. I take business owners through step by step how to do all of that because I was in the same position and I was stuck. And then I realized when I learned it all, uh, how many of my um, associates, so to say, or the people that I was networking with just had all, they all had the same story and they were all blocked at the same point. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to teach them. So, so that's what I'm doing. That's what, is that work in progress or is that someone going to go and actually attend it? It's kind of a work in progress. The, the first part of it, the branding part of it is ready to go. And I'm actually doing a webinar in the middle of August for that as well. So I can give you the link to that if you want. To oh, no, I will do you one better. Whenever you're ready to launch, you come back here and I will help you promote it. And the people listening yeah. to it, they will find a lot of value. So you let me know whenever you're ready, I will personally okay. help you promote it. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this is just like, you know, the online world, especially nowadays, is a wonderful thing because you don't know it's, who you are going to connect with, literally connect with. Yeah, and then um, once you have that conversation, world. then you never know what that relationship is going to flourish into. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, Connections everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so, or, you know, once again, thank you so if much. You're in New York, I'm in Singapore. Like, talk okay. about two different countries so far apart, like the time difference and everything else. But, you know, if so, you. Oh, yeah, it's like a night here and day here. It's like, wow. Yeah. But, you uh, know, if once you have that, especially what I think is. It's the energy flow. You have this positive energy. I have this positive mm. energy. So mm. our energy is like almost similar. So therefore, it's for us, I guess, and put it in the copyright term, we are active people. And we're just <laughs> going to move forward. You know, it's like there's no point of convincing yeah. one another. Like, hey, I know what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you want. Let's go forward. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. This truly, truly, honestly, has been a blast. I learned a lot of stuff. So once again, thank you so much for being wow. here. I really appreciate it. And you know, I hope that one day we will work on a project together, or when you have your yeah. uh, membership site or the project that you're currently working on, let me know. Yeah. We'll bring you back yeah. here, and I will help you definitely promote okay. it. Cool. Oh. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs>